And so I began to write this article. And and the Lord began to share some things that were on his heart. And it, it says, I was sitting there and I was hearing a song running through my head called Smiled. It's a very famous song that many people have sang. And I knew it was the Lord speaking to me for the body of Christ. We all tend as believers to get so busy with ministry things that sometimes we forget the simple things in life that cause us to have strength. Lately, I've been seeing the body of Christ getting so weary and tired, trying to make things happen in their own power. We totally miss out on the simple things that first brought us to Jesus. Having fun and being joyous to do the work of the kingdom, not just having to do a list to check off, but seeing the fire and passion through each and every believer's life. I remember there was a time in my life where I lost everything. I lost my home in a fire. And I remember it was close to Christmas time, and I was with my family. And my family, I was, like, so excited just to be around family. And my family didn't understand how I could be so happy and full of joy. And they asked my husband, how can she be so happy when she just lost everything? Like, she's just full of joy. My husband says, well, that's the joy of the Lord. And they were freaking out because they didn't understand that the joy of the Lord comes through every single circumstance. And it didn't even matter what we're going through in the natural sometimes. And so it says people are watching us as believers and trying to look for the light inside of us. That light comes oozing out when we have the joy of the Lord. That supernatural joy that only heaven can pour down. Sometimes we just have to smile. We have to come back to our first love and have fun again with Jesus. I often tend to look at the children around me, and I'm so blessed by seeing their excitement and how they love without condition. We all are his children, so we should all be in joy as in the heavens. In John 15, 11, it says, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. In Psalms 118, 24, it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Saints, it's time we open our ears and our eyes to begin to allow heaven's true joy to awaken inside of us again. We have to begin to capture again what heaven is speaking and saying. Begin to see heaven become so real in us that it oozes out of us to earth. So begin to smile again. Have joy again so your light will shine bright in all the dark places that you go. Ephesians 5.8 says this so well. It says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Now walk as children of light. We've got to begin to smile in every circumstance. We've got to begin to pull from heaven and have the joy of the Lord in our lives everywhere we go. Because people are going to gleam off of that light. They're going to gleam off of that joy, off of what, and, 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 and we just have, it doesn't matter what, what it is you're going through. You've got to smile and begin to laugh at the enemy's plans. I mean, I've had terrible situations sometimes, and you know what gets me through is I just laugh at his plans. 
because I know that at the end, we all have victory in every single situation. God's last word is the last spoken word over every situation. And he speaks victory over you. He doesn't speak defeated bride, but he speaks that you're going to be a strong, strong, full of joy, full of life kind of bride in the light that he's given you inside of you when you received him. So just just begin to smile and allow the joy of heaven falling on you this morning. Be excited for what he's going to give you. And don't just receive what the enemy is speaking to you anymore, but receive the goodness of God. So I just wanted to share that with you guys to encourage you this morning. Amen. Smile more. Holy Ghost. So this morning, I just got some things kind of stirring in my heart, and I don't think it will be too long, but I just, I feel that tonight, uh, this morning, um, I really feel we're going it's, it's to, a, it's a morning of, of breakthrough for us. I believe it's, it's a, uh, it is a time, I'm sorry, it's a time to break every agreement with the whispers and the, and the assignments of the enemy that the enemy has tried to get us to align ourselves with. Uh, and I and I feel like um, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have some fun. If I if I would put a name on this morning's message, I would call it a habitation of honor. A habitation of honor. And I want to ask <clears throat> a couple questions. And you don't have to answer these questions, obviously, but I want you just to kind of think about the questions in your own mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get some water. I guess I shouldn't have been out in the cold yesterday, huh? <laughs> so the first question I want to ask us is, what culture are we establishing in our lives? And I want us just to take a moment just to kind of think of, about that question. What culture are we establishing in our own lives? Are we cultivating one of honor and love? Or is it rooted in pride and deception? So you're probably saying, like, where are you going with this? <clears throat> and I'm going to ask you guys, what is honor? I think we all have our own definition of honor because I know that when I was growing up and I was involved in the things that I was involved in, which was not good things, honor and respect were, were, were things that were motivated not by the kingdom of God, but they were motivated by fear. Like, I, I mean, back then... My perception of respect was you feared me. And if you feared me, then you respect me. And I had this thing about, because it was a distorted view. It was, it was, it was a deception that was on my life. That honor was, I had this thing where, you know, if you want honor, you got to give honor. You know? So what is honor? The definition of honor is high respect esteemed, privileged, and to admire. To admire. The Greek meaning of, the, of honor is called philotimo. I don't know if I even said that right. 
but it's Philotimo, P-H-I-L-O-T-I-M-O, if you're taking notes. That is the meaning of honor in the Greek. And Philotimo is considered to be the highest of all the Greek virtues. It's the standard for the families, for their social living. It's the core concept, and, and, and it's, it's, it means the respect and to walk in the right paths. So, Philotimo, honor, means to walk in the right paths. You know, and I thought that was interesting because the right path, it speaks of direction and positioning. To be made right means to be made righteous. The right path in this context is speaking about, it's speaking about a righteous pathway. We can take, we can turn to Romans 4. We're going to read out of Romans 4, verse 22. We'll start there. I'll give you all just a second to get there. The Romans 4.22. Because it's interesting how even honor represents the right path, the righteousness. Romans 4.22 through 25 reads, And because of Abraham's faith, God continued him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit, it was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous. If we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, he was handed over and died because of our sins. He was then made and he was raised to life to make us right with God. So that word right path has a really deep Deep, I guess, uh, deep meaning here. Now, if we were to change the word righteous, God counted him as honorable. It says, so if we look in verse 25, he handed over to die because of our sins, and he raised, and he was raised to life to make us honorable with God. You see, according to Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, once we receive the work of Christ, we are now righteous heirs of the kingdom of God. God has accepted you into the family of God, and this truth defines the identity apart from the work of earning something through your own human effort. So now, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, honor all people. All people. I mean, everybody. You know, and, and we have our own ways of thinking sometimes. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes we have our, our natural way of thinking that, well, if you don't honor me, I'm not going to honor you. If you don't respect me, I'm not going to respect you. If you're going to treat me like that, pff, I'm going to treat you like that. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> That's wrong. The Bible says to honor all people. Honor isn't earned. You can't earn. There's nothing you can do to earn honor. You can't purchase it. We are all recipients of the Philotimo, 
Because Jesus finished it on the cross. He finished it. We say things like, well, if you don't want to, if you don't honor what we're doing here, then, you know, I, I don't have to honor what you're doing. If, if you don't want to be a part of this, then I don't want to be a part of that. But what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? We're going to go and turn to John 12. John 12, 49 through 50 reads, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know His commands leads to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. I'm reading out of the NLT version. Basically what he's saying is, I only do and say what the Father says. If the Father ain't saying it, I ain't saying it. If the Father ain't doing it, I ain't doing it. So, let me ask you a question. If you treat me like this, then I'm going to treat you like that. Does that sound like something the Father would say? Nah. If you respect me, I'm going to respect you. Does that sound like something the Father would say? Come on, guys. We, we know God is love, so we got to know the nature of, of our Father. So we know that this is not something, this is not the way the Lord speaks to us. Um, nothing that, basically what this means is that if we're to be like Christ, then that means nothing that we say out of our mouths should ever have anything that is dishonorable attached to it. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it can be, oh, and it could be in private. Oh, did you see somebody's shoes today? Oh, my God, what were they wearing? Well, did Jesus tell you to say that? You know? What about so-and-so? He came in here and, man, I don't know what was the matter with that guy. He was just, is, is that the Lord? Would Jesus say that? So nothing that speaks of dishonor should ever come out of our lips. It says, honor all people. In 1 Peter 2.17 through 18, it says, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Verse 18, servants be submissive to your masters, with all respect, not only those that are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable. Unreasonable. Now that is hard. I'm just going to be honest, okay? We could be transparent, right? I mean, what about when you, in, in maybe even the working industry, you've got a boss who just is one of the hardest persons to work for. <laughs> And they're, they're, they're just throwing things. You have to honor those people. you got to understand that you are Jesus here on this earth. And you may be the only Jesus that person will ever meet or encounter in, this, in their lifetime. <clears throat> now, even those that are unreasonable, this word king, because if you look, it says, it says, fear God and honor the king. This word king and this concept it's speaking to those who are in the authority. Those who are in the authority over you, whether it's in your job, 
whether it's in your ministry, whether it's whatever you do, to speak to those even in your home. Now, that word, even those who don't deserve it. I heard, I heard uh, uh, somebody say that recently on a video, that you have to honor those people, even those who don't deserve it. Who don't deserve it. You see, when we value something, it gives it worth. When you find it worthy, you protect it. People around you are valuable, and God sees them as worthy. He sent his son Jesus for them and for you. They are sons and daughters of the king because he valued us and saw us worthy, that we were worthy enough to be reconciled back unto him. That means that every person that is walking on this planet, earth, God felt them and worthy enough to say that I'm going to send my son Jesus to die for them because they are valuable to me. And they are worthy to me. They may not know it yet, but they're my sons and they're my daughters. And they're going to get to that place where there's going to be a revelation of who I am in them. And it is our job, and I don't want to say the word job, but it's literally our duty. It's like our mandate to be that voice for the kingdom. That we walk in honor with everybody that we meet. Even if it's a person that's on the street, that's a homeless person. You know, I've seen some, some horrible things that people, the way they treat people on the streets. Because they're at a lesser bracket or they're not functioning where you're at or they're not wearing what you wear they are valuable you don't know who that person is you don't know what they carry inside we must honor everyone even those that come against you he reconciled us back to him in 2 Corinthians 5.18 reads and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and has given us this task of reconciling people for him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him, and gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are now Christ's ambassadors that God is making his appeal through us. God is using you and I to make his appeal to reconcile the body back to him. We, when we speak for Christ, we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right. So we could be made philotimo, honorable. With God through Christ. You know, I remember um, a season that I went through where I was being accused and I was being attacked and I was, I was, I was the person, me and my family were, were the object and targets. And there was things that were being spewed, poison was being said several, several different times. 
And I remember one time in particular, and I got two stories I want to share, but there was one time in particular that it was going, because we have a, main, a ministry in, in nations, and we, we, we broadcast to 132 nations all over the world. And during this time, there was things that were being said about the ministry that were not true. And they got all the way back up into California, and, and it was beginning to spread. And the whole entire time, I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Why are we being attacked like this, God? You know, and the whole time the Lord says, I want you to keep your mouth shut and keep your heart pure. And I'll never forget it. I'm there, and, and Paul Kane, he's a really good friend of ours in, in ministry. He picked up the phone one time, and he called me. And he says, Brother Pete. I said, yes. Paul, how are you? He says, I had a dream about you last night. And for you guys who know who Paul Kane is, this is a pretty big deal for me. Because I'm like, yes! I can now fall in that category where I can say, Paul Kane called me and I had a dream about you. You know what I'm saying? So Paul calls me and he began to tell me. He says, I began to see. He says, I, I mean, he called it out. He described the accuser. He saw what it was. He said everything. But he goes, son, I want you to know something, that there's no validity in what they're saying, and every word is going to fall to the ground, and you're going to be victorious in this season. He said, keep our mouth shut and our heart pure. And the Lord showed up in that season for us. I, I, there, was a, there was a moment we were in leadership and we're, we're doing things and, and the Lord was moving mightily. You know that the enemy comes? The enemy doesn't always come when, when things are bad. The enemy comes when God is moving. When he sees you as a threat and he sees, listen, if you're not going through trials right now, if you're just not experiencing, then you might want to say, Lord, I, I, I need something because when the attacks come, it's usually because you guys are about on the verge of breakthrough. The, ver the breakthrough is coming. And I was in a season where I began to, our family was being attacked and we were going through things. And I so badly wanted to respond. You know, and it, it's so hard, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's so hard when you're being attacked sometimes because you feel like you have to be your own advocate. Like, you're wrong. That's a lie. That's not true. Where are you getting this from? You know, you just want to. But the Lord was like, keep your mouth shut and keep your heart pure. That whole season. And I sat there, Mimo, I sat there in this room of, of people, and I was feeling the accusation of the brethren. We saw the attack. And the whole entire time, I'm just like, God, I need you. Where are you? Man, I feel like I was in a room full of the den of wolves. And the Lord says, keep your mouth shut and keep your heart pure, and you will see what I'm going to do. You see, we can never let another person's Character defects control you. I could have responded and I could like, are you crazy? What's the matter with you people? Like, I mean, I could have gone off. 
I could have said all kinds of words. I could have, you know, I could have responded differently. Never allow the way someone conducts themselves to conduct you. You are not responsible for the person or the persons or the situation. You are responsible for yourself and how you respond. Sometimes what happens is we get offended. And because we get offended, then we choose to retract and then we go into this little place where we go and we start to separate ourselves from the body. And guess what? That's what the enemy wants. Because if he can get you separated and put you set aside, what happens is you become the wounded animal in the corner and the wolves come to try to devour you. Meanwhile, you're offended, you're hurt. But if you allow yourself to be, to respond according to the way that the eyes of the Lord sees, you will never see them any different but with honor. Because the reality is this. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe they're battling with things in their own lives. Maybe they're in a season of frustration. And they don't know how to articulate themselves. Maybe they haven't figured it out who they are. And they're still struggling with the, in the areas of their identity. Some people are never shown honor. Some people don't know what it looks like. You can't give something that you've never seen or you don't know how to function in. They were never taught this. It's up to you and I as kingdom citizens to show them how to love, to show them how to honor because they are valuable. I, I've seen a video where they're talking about bullying and this guy comes on and he goes and he does these seminars in schools and he teaches you how to interact with a person that's bullying you. And basically what it is, it's like, you're a dork. Yeah. You can't respond. When somebody comes at you dishonorably, give them honor back. Give them honor back. Love. Look, let me tell you what. I, I can speak, you know, I remember when Oh, me and Alice back in the day, we used to argue sometimes. Woo. And you know what? One of the biggest things that would bother me when we would argue? That she wouldn't argue back. She would just like, okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, I, I hear you. Like, no, argue with me. I want to fight. I want to get something back because I, oh, I want to be mad. <laughs> And I want everybody to be mad with me, you know? And she would be like, no, no, okay, yeah. You know, and we, 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 we have to respond with honor. Honor is the core value, and it's something that we cultivate everywhere we go. And as leaders, it's even more important because leaders are the ones that are responsible for the culture around you. As leaders, we are the ones that are responsible for creating a culture of honor. 
a habitation of honor that we can all function from a place of honor that I can say, Ted, I love you, bro. You're awesome. Stephen, you're amazing. Ha. Huh. Even as I said that, I felt the joy. You see, because when we begin to honor people, that's, that's the root and the foundation of the kingdom, honor. Because it means to be on the right path. And it means to be the righteousness. And this is that the righteousness of Jesus was imputed into you and I. That means that the, the honor of Jesus is inside of you and I. Ah, oh, that's so good. Ah. And as leaders, it's important for us to love and to honor. Honor is the currency of heaven. Shaka, bam. Oh, it brings you prestige. Like, Aaron, I honor you, bro. You see, I can walk and I can tell, I can say, man, I honor you because you're, you're a man of just righteousness. And because God is going to do some amazing things in you. I honor him. And what happens, it elevates him to another level. It elevates him to another place that he says, man, I'm honorable. I'm made right. It brings prestige. It brings value. Come on, <laughs> a $100 bill, somebody sees a $100 bill, it's like, oh, it's $100. You just know it's valuable. You guys are valuable. You have worth. You see, where there's no honor, that's when we see fear begin to rise up. And fear is what fuels pride. And when people are afraid, that's when they begin to seek control. And then fear begots a fear-based relationship. In, in uh, 1 John 4.18, it reads this. Perfect love casts out all fear. And likewise... And likewise, fear can cast out love. When you're operating in fear, it leads to control, and control does not allow you to love because you're operating out of pride. If the system that we use produces fear, then what happens is it leaves no place for love to, to manifest. Now, the culture of honor, it's very important because, first of all, it's from heaven. Man, I mean, we, we've established that. It brings freedom. And if you don't know how to protect freedom as a culture, then you won't know how to create heaven here on earth. Freedom comes from being a safe place, a safe place to grow. It's allowing those that God assigns to you in the seasons to elevate you. And I wrote this on my Facebook status the other day, and I put, Apostolic fathers will always build a safe place for you to be honored. They will raise you higher than even their own visions. 
You know, I remember um, I heard a story that Chris Volaton shared one time many years ago, and it just it messed me up. I mean, in a good way. You know, he, he, was, he was sharing how he was in a meeting one time, and everybody was in this meeting. All the big wigs, it was Bob Jones and Bobby Connor, and it was all the people from Bethel. And, and Chris Valentin comes up, and he, he shares a message. And he began to share this message, and he was, bam, bam. He was just releasing what he had. He gets off the, the podium, goes to the back, and then he goes in the office, and Danny Silk tells Chris, you know, hey, I want to tell you, you know, what you shared up there, you were wrong. He says, what do you mean I was wrong? He says, yeah. He goes, you know, you were, you were operating out of pride. Everything you said, you were, you were very prideful up there. And then Chris Valentine says, well, wait a minute. I, I mean, man, my message was good. I mean, I, I was releasing the word, and I mean, I didn't see nothing wrong with what I shared. I was like on point. So then Danny said, you know, tells him, okay, well. And this is, this is the response that Chris Valentin said. He says, well, that night I had to go home, and I had to ask the Lord to show me where I was wrong. Because I didn't see it. He didn't see where he was wrong. So he said, Lord, show me where I was wrong. So that night he goes in there and he has this dream. And in this dream, the Lord began to play back the meeting to him. And then he began to highlight every moment that he spoke something out of pride. And he woke up the next morning and he says, my God, I felt like I had to repent. He says, I picked up the phone. I called Bobby Connors and I called... I'm so sorry, please forgive me for the way that I acted, this and that. And they're like, no, brother, you're okay. He goes, no, no, I need to, I need to forgive. And this is, what, this is the part that really stuck out to me. He says, I have to allow myself to be surrounded with people that I trust with myself. And that's really important because we have to... Uh, we have to surround ourselves with people that we trust love us. Because if I can trust, let me give an example. If I can trust Aaron with myself, and I know that Aaron loves me with all his heart, I know that if I'm out of line or I'm in a season where I might have done or said something that may be questionable, that Aaron would come to me and say, Pete, Listen, I love you, man, but what you shared last night, you know, I had a check in my spirit, you know, and I have, to, I have to trust myself with him that I know that what he's going to tell me is going to be led from the Father's heart so that he would not steer me the wrong way. So we have to learn how to trust ourselves with others that God puts in accountability. Listen. We need accountability. We have to be able to have accountability with people that are around us. And I'm going to tell you what. You can look at the fruit. If you can see spoiled fruit in somebody's walk, nine times out of ten it's because there's no accountability in their walk. 
So Chris Volaton tells his story how because Danny Silk is like a father to him, he knew that whatever Danny was going to tell him wasn't to hurt him. It wasn't to make him feel a certain way. It wasn't to come against him. It wasn't to judge him. But it was so that it would elevate him. And because he knew that he loved him, he trusted the word enough to say, God, whatever I was wrong in, show me. Because, see, the devil tries to steal your honor. The way he tries to steal the honor away from us. And the way to stay out of the deception is it's to cultivate a lifestyle of honor. And to have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. We must learn to trust people more than you trust yourself. Allow yourself to have people you trust and know that they love you and they want the best for you. Let them pour into you and hold you accountable in areas of your life. You see, the nature of the deception, the nature of deception is that when you're in it, you don't even know it. Most of the time, when this deception comes, and we could be moving out of pride, we can be moving out of different areas, and we can be deceived, and we'll never know that we're deceived because we're in deception. It's kind of like an oxymoron, right? It's like, like, I'm deceived. Well, you don't know you're deceived because you're in deception. Because you're being deceived. You walk around with arrogance and pride. Those are the fruits of being deceived. Many people who operate and walk in pride are under the influence of a deceiving spirit. The way you come out of the arrogance is to start walking in humility. You start making things right. There's that word right again. You start making things philotimo. You start making things honorable. You start making things in right standings with people that you falsely accused, people that you've hurt, people that you were arrogant towards. You lay down your pride and you say, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's sometimes that's one of the hardest things to do. You say, I'm sorry. And at that moment, when you let that go, Humility, when at that moment of humility, you will no longer come in agreement with that deception and your kingdom lenses are activated and you begin to see clear. You no longer see the way the enemy sees, but you see through the eyes of the Father. You see through the eyes of honor. The devil will bring deception in many types of forms. And this is some of the ways that the enemy will use to deceive you. It's even in our whispers and our thoughts, even whispers of things around you. You're not going to make it. You're not good enough. Who do you think you are? You're ugly. You're stupid. You're not a minister. You don't have a ministry. You're all alone. See, they don't even care. 
Now, I, I say this, the devil hates everything about you and I. I want us to understand this. This is just, he hates everything about you, Stephen. Everything. The devil despises the very essence of who you are. You make the devil sick to his stomach. Every breath you take, <laughs> he hates it. Yet, as believers, we tend to agree with everything he says about us. Knowing the truth and the reality of how he feels about you. Isn't that just wild? We know he hates us. You know he hates everything about you. But then when he says something about you, you're like, yeah, it's true. No, it ain't true. He's a devil of lies. So everything he says brings deception. So what do you do? You flip it. You flip this thing. <laughs> flip it. <coughs> Isaiah 54, 17. It reads, but in the coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. <clears throat> you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. <clears throat> These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Ha, ah, come on. Romans 8, 31 if God is for us, who can be against us? Let, let, me, let me read that again. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for you, Jen, who can be against you? Think about that. There ain't no power, ain't no principality on this earth, on hell, that can stand against the God who's inside of you. Psalms 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. <laughs> your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A lot of glory. You see, we, come, we, we, we agree with, with the reality. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not even a reality. We agree with the perception of a reality that the enemy puts there and sets before you. It's like, the, it's like the tree in the garden all over again. And then we grab that thing and we commit to it. But the reality is what heaven speaks about you. Heaven's reality should be, you're going to make it. You're amazing, Jeff. Uh, you're a son you're a daughter of the king. And you're much more. You see, that's what the heavens speak about who you are as sons and daughters. You are, the, you are worthy and you are valued. Mm. You see, the devil can do two things. He can whisper in your ears and you can be deceived. Or 
He will launch you to the throne room of God. And how is that? Because it's how you choose to respond. When you respond as a son, when you respond in honor, when you respond in philotimo, when you respond honorably, what happens is it launches you and it catapults you to a whole other realm. That's a lot of glory. Now, how do you avoid Satan's deceptions during the midst of your trials? Because see, when I was in my season, I was in a, I was in a trial. I was in a season of accusation. I was in a season of attack. How do you function? How do you endure a season with God's joy? To avoid being deceived when you go through trials, you affirm by faith the sovereign goodness of God. Man, you can say, man, God is so good. You begin to give thanks to the Lord. Man, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for my boss. I know he's got issues, God, but man, I just thank you for my boss. Lord, bless him. Touch him. Man, come on. Well, that was one of the hardest things I had to do was pray for those that were attacking me. But I'm going to tell you what, we saw the Lord move. That's one of the things that elevated us. That's one of the things that launched my wife and, and myself in our ministry was to lay ourselves down and to walk in humility and say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to serve and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in a season of walking in humility even though they didn't deserve it. You see, and I say that they didn't deserve it because the character and the nature that was being displayed wasn't being displayed of the nature of God but it was of a different fruit. That's why it didn't deserve it. But the Lord says, honor all men. Ha <laughs> Ooh, that's a hard one to swallow. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> so, to avoid being deceived when you go through trials, you affirm by faith the God's sovereign goodness. In James 12, it says this. Blessed is a man who perceives, no, perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised those who love him. Now in the NLT, that's the uh, New King, King James. NLT says this, God bless those who patiently endure the testing. Now, some of you may not agree with this part, what I'm about to say. Because I've heard people say this. I've said this in the past. Oh, the devil's testing me right now. No, no, I'm sorry. God's testing me. God's testing me right now. Oh, Lord, I'm passing this test, Jesus. Oh, I know you put that person in front of me because, oh, it's a test. <laughs> All right. So it says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. And afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. If you read on in James 1.13 through 15, it says this. 
God does not tempt us with evil. He does not tempt us with evil. When we sin, it comes from our own lust. But now he shows us that when we are under trials, we are susceptible to deception. In James 1, 13, let's read this. Y'all turn to James 1, 13. James 1.13 says, and remember, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God never tempted to do wrong. He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us to drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Where we're susceptible, susceptible to deception, this is when we must affirm by faith that God is good and he only gives good gifts. James 1.17 reads, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all lights in heaven, who never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Come on. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father. This is an illustration, right? That, that scripture right there is an illustration of our salvation. Because it demonstrates His sovereign goodness towards us, because in James 1.18, it says this. We, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possessions. Now, that scripture right there in James 1.18, if you look at that, that context, his true word. Now, by giving us his true word, we, we all came out of creation becoming his prized possession. So now this is what, if you go to, to John 1.14, I'm just going to read it for you guys really quick. So the word became human and it made his home amongst us. You see, when it says that he gave us his true word, he's saying that he gave us Jesus. John 1.14, so that the word became human and made his home amongst us. And he was fully unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, the one, the only Son. So, this morning, I want to pray for us this morning as, as, as we close because even now, and this is something that I want you to do on your own. Think back on times in your own walk, in your own life, where you might have functioned out of dishonor. 
whether it might have been to somebody, it might have been to a family member, it might have been to a son, a daughter, ministry leader, it doesn't matter. I want you to think of a time where, where it, be, it got to the point where it even created a root inside of you that when you see that person, even now, now you get that pit in your stomach. Like, oh, every time I see that person, I just can't. You see, that's the root of bitterness. That's the root of offense that tries to come. That's the root of dishonor. But see, this morning, we're going to pray. And we're going to see breakthrough this morning. <clears throat> this morning. The Lord all weekend was like messing with my heart all weekend. And just reminding me, like, I didn't even know what Pete was putting together in this but at the same time, God was working in me. And God said, I want you to reach out to those that have dishonored you, those who've come against you, and those that have spoken words of evil towards you. I want you to reach out to them, and I want you to love on them. And I was like, in my, in my flesh sense, I was like, wait a minute, God, are you being for real? Like, <laughs> you want me to, like, like these, some of these people don't even want to talk to me. Like, they're just in a really bad place. And I was like, you know, God, I was like, if it's for you, if it's for your kingdom, I'll lay myself down. I'll lay myself down as a laid down lover for your kingdom, God, that they would have their breakthrough. Because what happens is when you honor where there's dishonor, it begins to release something in that person who's receiving the honor. And it reminds them what the kingdom of God was originally supposed to look like even though they don't know how to function out of that. Even though the enemy pulled them into a bad place or darkness or whatever it is, as soon as you release that love and that honor to them, breakthrough not only comes for the person you're giving the honor to, but it comes in breakthrough for yourself. Because then the wounds that you felt from that person began to get healed inside of you. And those gaps, Pete was even talking about this morning, you begin to feel those gaps in your heart begin to mend and begin to heal. And we're so waiting for them to say, I'm sorry. We're so waiting for others to step up and, 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 and see what they've done wrong or said wrong. And God's waiting on us. God's waiting on us, that we would begin to be the, we're kings and priests. We're not a wounded bride, but we function sometimes like a wounded bride and we don't even see it sometimes. And so you have to step out in faith and say, God, I'll be that laid down lover for that person that is totally done bad things to me, who's spoke evil towards me, God, who's broke off relationship with me, God, who doesn't want to have anything to do with me, God, because I'm going to see them through your lenses, see them the way you see them, God, and, I, and I'll be the one to step out, to lay myself down, that they would even have their breakthrough, and they would begin to see Jesus inside of me. 
They would begin to see this pure, untainted love through me. That when I extend myself out, that it's going to cause a breaking through. And a restoration comes in that. You want real restoration? Sometimes you have to be a laid down lover. Sometimes you have to remove yourself, remove your flesh, everything inside of you to say, God, I'm nothing without you, God. I'm nothing without you. I need you. And in order for you to manifest in power inside of me, I've got to lay myself down for that person. I've got to lay myself down for those that don't even know it yet, that don't even see it yet. I've got to just stretch myself on the floor, like Heidi Baker says, and, and be low and slow, God. And I've got to just extend myself out and say, God, I'll receive it, God. I'll, I'll, I'll stand in the gap between the altar and 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 where this place where we come to God to worship you God I'll stand in the gap God until they get it and until they see it God until you go and you move in their lives and you begin to bring breakthrough of what true pure love supposed to look like that's why that's why you know our good friend Todd he says nobody's willing to cry out for restoration nobody's willing to stand in the gap to say God I don't care what I look like I don't care how how a mess I look like I don't care what it even feels like but it's not about me it's about him it's about his honor and his glory and his kingdom being mass manifested here that I can't function in power and not be a laid down lover there's just no way it's going to happen. It's not about how I look or how I come across or, or these fancy words I say. But it's about me standing in the gap for a whole generation and saying, God, if we don't show them who is, if we don't show them what love's supposed to really look like, then who is? You know, some of these people that I had to reach out to and I had to extend my love out to, God was going to do the rest. I didn't have to worry about how it was going to look like or how it was going to be. God's going to do the rest. I had to be the one to step out. I couldn't wait any longer for them to come to me. I had to come to them and say, God, you know what? There was love there. There was relationship there. There was things, and you know what? The only one I can blame is not the person, is the enemy himself. Because the enemy comes to destroy relationships and destroy things that he's scared that's going to be powerful in unity. You want to see revival? Revival comes in unity and love coming out of every single person and honoring one another. That's the, the most times I've seen the power of God and the most powerful times in my life have come when people have honored one another. Because what it does is you're agreeing with heaven and honor and the manifestation of the, of the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, can come and be free in that place. Because nobody's trying to be better than somebody else. Nobody's trying to be like with all this pride. And God comes in and Holy Spirit comes in and begins to move in our midst from being a laid down lover. So whatever it is that you have to do this morning, look, I'm telling you, I'm talking out of experience. I wouldn't stand here. I always tell everybody, God always has things, me do things, in order for me to have the power to release it. In order for me to stand here and say, man, yeah, it works. It, this, this is for real. Like, this is kingdom. But sometimes we have to be the ones to be the laid down lovers. 
And I'm okay with that because as long as God gets the honor and the glory for it, I'm good with that. I'm like, I don't care what I look like, God. If I have to say, I'm sorry. If I have to say, whatever I have to do, God, to mend things, I'm going to do it. And it doesn't even matter who was right and who was wrong. There is no right and wrong. There's only him being right. There's only the kingdom of God and Jesus being right. There is no right and wrong in our in our community, in our area of even us. There is this, it's his way. So God, we just prayed this morning, God, that you would fill the gaps, God, of our hearts, God, of restoration, God that you would fill our mouths and our bellies this morning, God, with what your heart truly looks like for others, God, that you would, you would take the blinders off this morning, God, and we would see people the way you see them, God. God, this whole thing, God, about love has always been about you, God. It's always been about your kingdom of moving in power, God. It's always been about your manifested heavens coming down, God. It's always been about you, God. So who cares what we look like, God? Who cares? Because it's always been about you, God. God, help us to be the laid down lovers for others, God, that sometimes don't understand, God, that sometimes they do and say things, God, that they don't even realize it, God. God, you spoke it from your, from your, from your cross, God. You spoke it. You said they don't know what they're doing, God. You spoke it to forgive them, God. You spoke it the forgiveness from your cross, God, that they don't even know what they're doing sometimes, God. That when the ear was even cut off, God, you came and you restored it, God. And you brought healing to that, God. Help us to move the way you move, God. Help us to speak the way you speak, God. Help us to lay ourselves down for one another this morning, God. God, help us to humble ourselves before your throne this morning, God. The pride doesn't exist anymore, God. Pride brings war, God. But humility, God, you, you exalt us. You position us in humility, God. We just thank you, God. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the restoration, God. That all the body parts are going to come functioning and working together, God. Every single part is going to work together, God. You are my rock. Thank you, Jesus. You are my rock. I will lean upon you. If that's you watching right now, there's a number on the bottom that you can call. It's 888 406 9115. We want to pray with you. We have pastors that are standing by to, to intercede with you and pray with you. 
If that's you in here tonight, this morning, if that's you in here this morning, and you just want to say, I don't want to function in dishonor no more. Even if it's if you want to stand proxy for somebody, but I feel there's <clears throat> there's power and the prophetic symbol. If that's you, I just want you to stand up this tonight. You don't have, you don't have to come up. Just stand up. Just stand up, and we're gonna pray right now. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for those that are standing right now, God. Father, I just speak, Lord. Restoration. Father, right now, that you would restore. You are the restorer of the breach. You are the restorer that even now, Lord, you're beginning to fill the gaps, God. We break every every agreement right now. We break every agreement with the enemy. Things that we agree to unintentionally or even intentionally, God, that today we, as we stand, God, we choose to honor today, God. Lord, we choose to honor today, God. Lord, we honor our brothers and sisters. We love on those, Father. And that even today is a turning point in our walk, God, that we choose the right path this morning. We choose to walk in love. We choose to make things right. Father, we say we're sorry as we make things right with those in our hearts. Right now, Father, healing come. Right now, He's healing hearts, He's mending hearts right now. He's filling the gaps. (laughs) Restoration. Release now. New waves. That you would teach us how to love. And that we would see people how you see them, God. And we won't see them any other way, Lord. But we'll see them through your eyes, God. Lord, remove any offense that we have in our hearts. Lord, if bitterness has come and tried to set in, God, that you would remove it right now, Father. Remove that. Fill us with your presence and your glory. And that today is a new day that we walk. We walk in honor, God. Because you said, Lord, that we are worthy. You said that we are valuable, Lord. And we value our brothers and our sisters, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for those that are watching right now online. Right now, Father. We just thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.